Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we're discussing the 2009 Zack Snyder film, Watchmen, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. And I'm Pete the Retailer. Hi, guys. Hey. Oh, hey. Great to have you. Yeah. Sorry, was that too chipper? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I know. There's a few, you know, this it's, is it's, uh, kind of a... Not a bleak movie. There's <laughs> there's color and stuff in it, but it, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was too chipper. Maybe I should have just been like, "Then this is P three two. Do you want to try it again? Uh, do you need a? Do you no, need no, a... <laughs> no, sorry. We'll stick with it. All right. <clears throat> well, this is uh, minute one forty eight here on Wednesday, and it starts with Rorschach telling us what day it is, just like I did, and ends with John bragging about Mars. <laughs> Not quite just like I did. He says he says the date. Mm. I said the day. And that date is November 1st, which um, was a Friday in 1985. On that day in 1942, uh, Larry Flint was born, the publisher and founder of Hustler. Um, I only bring that up because earlier in the film on uh, on Eddie's coffee table was a copy of Hustler. So, hmm. um, In 1955, the Vietnam War begins. So also very relevant to the movie here. Um, and in 1960, Tim Cook, the current CEO of Apple, was born. So I just hmm. felt like throwing that one in there. And, and you but, did say in our world it was a Friday, but I'm pretty sure we've determined we're a little off. <laughs> and a few weeks ago, I believe, something maybe uh, that uh, for some, some crazy reason... Yeah. The dates and days don't, don't just don't match. You're like a couple days off. Yeah, I feel like there. Yeah, there, I think there was something. You had that squirrely. Yeah. yeah, that's the type of thing that I'm always really bad at. Mm. Is is dates and and times and stuff. I don't, I don't. I mean, it's one of several things that I'm really bad at. I mean, in in, in real life to a certain extent, but always in movies, you know, any kind of uh, putting those together. Sure. Like you know, it might as well just be kind of you know garbage checks for like lorem ipsum or something if they put a date down there i'm like okay whatever oh sure sure sometimes i'll pick it up if it's really obviously like this is november and then this is december but if it's just kind of throwing dates down there i'm like all right whatever. <laughs> and it's on me as a as a moviegoer i don't i don't pay attention enough i'm curious now i wonder how many times we hear the date announced or maybe catch it in a newspaper headline I, I'm pretty certain we've talked about them all, you know, in, in the previous episodes. But yeah, now I'm just wondering how many uh, specific dates there have been. But that's just more homework for the listener. <laughs> Get a Watchmen Minute No Prize. There you go. Yeah. You um, actually have a watch. That you can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the kind of the tail end of, of Rorschach dropping off his journal um, at this uh, newspaper, the New Frontiersman. Um, anything kind of, I mean, we're, we're only here for, you know, the briefest of, of moments before we transition over to Mars. Yeah, it, it, I mean, not to, not to uh, jump too thoroughly into the, uh, into the book history, but I was a little bit thrown just because I feel like that, you know, my internal timeline is more synchronized to the to the flow of the book. Sure. And I feel like that uh, when I first saw that that it's getting kind of dropped off at the at the his you know his journal is showing up the new frontiers when I, I thought it was a lot later in the movie and it is kind of late, obviously. Sure, sure. <laughs> if if it were one forty eight, that's that's yeah. pretty yeah 
It's not the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but I just kind of then to kind of juxtapose that with the with John and Laurie on Mars stuff, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, my own my own uh, time sense of time was off. Which also then I'm glad they tell me it was uh, November. Yeah, I feel I like, like oh, okay. Thanks, Russia. <laughs> I think this kind of kicks us into the third act, even because um, he even says oh. like in yesterday's minute, like you know we're heading to Antarctica. Uh, talks about the the villain and all that. So, well, I guess we can, it's already been announced at this point who the villain is. So we can freely talk about that. But, uh, I, I kind of feel like it's, we're now firmly in the third act. Um, yet, yet what we see next after this, this few seconds of, uh, Rorschach dropping the, the, his, his journal off is it's still though. It's still, we're back on Mars. I mean, as far true. as setting goes, it yeah. seems a little odd. However, I think, if we want to get into that now, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's really getting to the heart of the matter in these, in this minute, next couple minutes, really. Yeah. Right. Uh, f- for the, uh, Laurie and John story and, and Laurie and other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And John doing things because of, because of, uh, an under, a better understanding. Sure. But the things that are revealed in the next few uh-huh. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. We uh, transition to Mars, and there are two moons that are visible in the uh, in the Martian sky. Two moons of Mars are Phobos and Deimos. Mm-hmm. Deimos. Um, both were discovered by Asaph Hall in August of 1877, and named after Greek mythological twin characters Phobos, which was the represented panic and fear, and Deimos, which represented terror and dread so definitely fits with the movie here and they accompanied uh, their father Ares the god of war into battle all very uh appropriate i think for for the movie and to see them uh kind of in between John and Lori here and and that fits with the uh the line that i highlighted highlighted and uh didn't have didn't have a ton of thoughts on but but for some reason stuck out to me the streets are filled with death sure yeah <laughs> kind of foreboding yeah yeah <laughs> if, you, if you know the story <laughs> yeah well even if you don't that's the kind of uh, <laughs> yeah i mean this this whole thing kind of digs into john's detachment quite a bit yeah it's, you know the and we, we get that that line which i is totally the uh, kind of Essence of it. I'm glad that it glad that it kind of remained more or less untouched, which is that the the existence of life is a highly overrated phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that like that's totally. His, I think there's an Andy Warhol quote. Is it Andy Warhol or somebody where he says, you know, once you once you look at emotions from a certain way, you can never go back. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's his. Like he's just like no, it's you know he's looking at life from this newfound perspective, and he's just like no, it's. This, it's just not a, we think everything that's, every every single thing that's so important to us doesn't really matter in right. the, you know, the grand scheme of things. It's like when you, if you go to like the planetarium and they have, you know, that timeline of the universe <laughs> and it's just like, oh yeah, this tiny little sliver right here is all of humanity. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. One of my favorite lines and concepts in this movie is the, what he says just before the, the line about uh, life being a... Uh, highly overrated phenomenon and that's when he says that uh, he responds to her and says that the universe will not even notice when she says that everyone will die um and just that concept of everyone on on the planet you know 
dies and the universe is just going to keep on keeping on, you know? Yeah. Although I, I don't, this is one of my, uh, one of my complaints about this movie is that John's voice is just too wishy-washy for my taste. Like okay. He's coming down with the, you know, Billy Crudup is fine in things, but like, it's so like, I don't know. I feel like, it, it, and maybe, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he is very much just like, you know, he's supposed to be a kind of a mild-mannered, you yeah. know, scientist. Yeah. So, But then once he's Dr. Manhattan, it's I feel like he should at least have some kind of resonance or, or something. Like, mm. I, I don't feel like his voice, it should be kind of colder, but firmer in okay. a sense. But I feel like he's still just kind of, you know, like the, the rom-com guy almost, <laughs> you know? He's still just kind of like, hey... With the existence of life, it's highly overrated. Sure, you know? like, excuse me, he's too just kind of. I don't know. Even these keel. kinds of pronouncements need to be either a little more something to them. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. I've been very pro um, Billy Crudup, especially the voice. You know, cause most of it, a lot of it, is a vocal performance. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say, in in some stuff that he says in the next minute, I, I totally agree with you know, you're uh, saying a little wishy-washy, you know, a um, couple of his line readings in tomorrow's minute. I'll, I'll talk about that, you know, those then, but mm-hmm. um, I've been spoken about it several times that I'm, I really like the Billy Crudup performance and um, especially I, I've definitely talked about it, but I came into this movie with knowing him from the MasterCard commercials. Like, you know, he was the voice mm-hmm. of the, the priceless campaign. So oh, wow. for me, like his voice was very um, familiar and something that I was very, you know, I, I, it just felt right, I guess when moving over to the movie, I don't know. Right. But, I can see that. Yeah. The uh, backing up to the, the streets are filled with death. Like when he says that he kind of looks around and I get the sense that he's, that's one of those moments where he is, in both places at once, I think like he is experiencing uh, being here on on Mars with Lori, but he's also at the same time when he's looking around, he's looking at the streets. You know, I, that's how I read this the performance or the animation of the performance. Right. Yeah. It's I don't know. Maybe it's it's not. Maybe I'm missing something with it. It's not clicking with me. Mm, sure. It's one of those things. Yeah. That yeah. Just if I. Or maybe I walked into it too too much invested in, uh, you know, the the Doctor Manhattan that lived in my head. Oh sure, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's definitely it's colored my perception. Like the the Doctor Manhattan we have here in the movie, I don't. When I read the book, I don't. You know, I don't feel like it's the same character necessarily. I don't read the book now in the. Billy Crudup voice for for him like I, he doesn't it's a different performance I, I definitely think yeah um, more more about the character though himself is something that I noted is is that with with the uh, the, the the statement you already went over a little bit with the uh, the life is a highly overrated phenomenon um, I, I wrote down like it's it's like almost like Spock to the extreme mm. yeah yeah you know uh, but of but of other Vulcans too because he is the half Vulcan, half human character though. Um, but then, you know, at least they're biological beings, whereas Dr. Manhattan 
in a way isn't, but is at the same time, right, crazily. Yeah. Um, so even to say in that same universe, though, uh, so he's almost more like Data at that point then, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Except with the reverse, like Data wants to know everything about being right. human and wants to be human. Yeah, yeah he's true. Kind of... That's funny because I actually was thinking about that a couple of days ago and, and thinking about Manhattan is kind of like Data, but, and yeah, it is weird that Manhattan was a human first uh-huh. and then became this cold, you know. Uh, He's reversed it. Yeah, kind of. Right. Yeah. It's so frustrating when she, you know, she's asking him to come back uh, to save Earth from its own destruction. And at this point, they're not even aware of the Adrian of it all. You know, and his reasoning for, for helping or for not helping right away is because he's just uninterested. You know, he just can't be yeah. bothered really. And it's, I don't know, is it like genocide by non-action? Well, no. not to him. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that's like, you know, is, uh, you know, like if you see a, a, I'm trying to think of what, some kind of equivalent, you know, if sure. you see like a... Colony like of a, ants a, about a, to get washed away. Yeah, yeah, like, and you don't save them all. Is that... Uh, <laughs> is that uh, uh, you know, is that on you, or is that just kind of like, ah, oh, it's the way the world works? Yeah, it, it, it's funny because like this this little group of of minutes, it's if you think about it too much, and if you think about his point of view too much, it's it's real easy to get sucked into a black hole of depression and like, yeah, I guess nothing matters. And <laughs> right, yeah, you're like, it's not entirely wrong. Yeah, he's got science, mm-hmm. but. uh yeah, I know. Well, I've been, you know, uh, again, every, I feel like this, uh, this, the the story, the, the book mainly, but the, the Watchmen itself, like each time I go into it, uh, maybe not each time, but like as I get older and I go into it, I'm, I, I'm seeing it through a different character. Like I am this, you know, like when I first discovered it, I was totally like, you know, kind of uh, punk, not punk rock necessarily, a little bit punk rock, a little bit whatever, just kind of, you know, yeah. at war with the world. Angsty kind teen. Of, uh, angsty teen, sure. And I was, you know, it was totally like, oh man, Rorschach, it's all about Rorschach. And <laughs> yeah. I went back and I read it in my 20s when I was more like that. And I was more like, oh no, Dr. Manhattan's got it right, man. None of this matters. <laughs> and it was like, you know, too intellectual for all this. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, this is the, he's, this is the way to go. And now that I'm kind of middle-aged uh, dad i'm just totally like oh man dan yeah it's all about dan <laughs> he's the best yeah yeah so it's a weird you know it's got this i'm worried you know what happens to am i gonna have a, a, a ozymandias phase <laughs> i hope not <laughs> yeah probably in your your you know right when you're trying to change the world <laughs> um right yeah it's funny because uh i think in the next few minutes and and when we see some of the stuff coming up with Lori, um, it really occurred to me that she's kind of the central character in this story because all of the flashbacks that we'll see are all related to her in a way. So right. it never occurred to me until this week that maybe she's more of a central character than I've huh. given her credit for. Yeah, sure. I I mean, maybe that, so that'll be my... yeah. My my uh, next <laughs> yeah. my next trip through, I'll be like, oh yeah, it's all about. Uh... Yeah, and yeah, it's it's crazy in so many different ways. You know, so many of them can be can be considered mm-hmm. the central character. You know, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, even have like, you. uh, even have like Sally and Hollis and, and their whole thing is, is nostalgia and looking back at the past, yeah. but kind of from two, you know, similar, but slightly different perspectives. And well, and it's the, it's one thing that I feel like, uh, gets, you know, maybe it gets, gets lost in the shuffle a little bit with the movie format. Cause you have to fit it all into, to be a theatrical movie, to try uh, to fit it yeah. into like a two hour release, you know, you're losing, the way that it's so kind of chapterized and, you know, each one you go into this person's story and then you switch and you go into this person's story and then you switch. And, you know, the, I, I think that audiences aren't movie audiences. I guess the perception is that they can't deal with that. I, I bet they were, I bet <laughs> yeah. if we tried, they'd be able to handle it at least a little bit more, but to kind of fit it, you know, there's a certain Hollywood movie pacing that these things have to adhere to. Sure. So I think that it would, it really reminds me of what they could have done would almost have been like um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Right. With yeah. the title cards in general. I mean, while they weren't necessarily always like truly, I mean, just simply a name. I mean, yeah. They, I, even, think they, they, I think they usually did involve a name, but it had additionally, you know, uh, the watch or whatever, you know, and mm. different things. Even just that, uh, the, you know, the kind of hands on the clock. You know, just cut to a uh-huh. clock, basically. You know, mm-hmm. in between, d- designate the passage of time. That you know, the the fact that we're we're chapter new chapter here. You know, have a yeah. have the clock tick forward a step. Uh-huh. I do think the movie does a decent job of things like that, with uh, um, kind of clearly showing us when we're gonna go into a new section of the movie or new. You know, there's definitely Rorschach sections of the movie that. We'll always kick off with a the Rorschach Journal voiceover stuff, and then there's the the big Doctor Manhattan sequence where it kind of starts with him getting ready for the interview, and then it takes us like 20 minutes all the way through his origin story, and then ends with you know him on Mars and everything, and there are sometimes you know, and then the the, the rest of it is kind of a split between Dan and and Lori, right. I don't have much else for this one. Um, I did notice, to, or I was curious, do you guys, if you go to the very last second of the minute, um, did you guys see a face in the Martian topography kind of as they're floating above? Uh, yeah, I see one there. Yeah. yeah. It just kind of reminds so me of like uh, the old, you know, the the uh-huh. Brendan Fraser mummy movies where it's like the, the mummy face coming out of the sand. Just that, right. that same level of... Uh, graphics i think so it's not i don't know mm. if it's intentionally trying to be a face i don't know if there is a, like a i can actually rock see formation like that oh yeah well yeah there is there's the bigger one than the smaller one within it huh. there's the bigger one that's like the i mean it's like really enhanced eyebrows is essentially yeah but then there's a smaller one that is one i was seeing first which is on the tip of the nose in a oh sense, yeah, yeah yeah it's, it's almost like it's got a little mouth at the bottom and the nose itself okay yeah well, that's also foreshadowing for <laughs> yeah. something we'll right. see yeah. shortly. Uh, well, I also, well, speaking of faces and stuff, I, I wanted to... He does say something to the effect of, like, you know, how there's not a not even a single microorganism. Right, yeah. That might be increasingly incorrect. We don't get yeah. <laughs> to the point where... We, yeah. And now I think we, we're pretty confident that there could be or something like that. Yeah, yeah sure. but this recording... Yeah. That's what I found was that, you know essentially the Wikipedia page for that's called Life on Mars. <laughs> right. Says, yeah. Right now there's no proof, huh. but it's pretty close. Hmm. Yeah. 
So maybe Alan Moore got something wrong. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, as of as, his, uh, as of the writing. It was, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, and really, and, and, and earlier, there was one point, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what, what Dr. Manhattan would do if he traveled far enough away, would he find life on other planets? Mm. And right. therefore, what is his take on that life as well? You know, oh, right. If, if right. human life is so insignificant and inconsequential, then yeah, I would his feeling towards yeah, like what if whole species it's turning into what if now? Yeah, yeah. What if what if Doctor <laughs> Manhattan met the Borg? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I was just thinking like I I would hope that he would adhere to the prime directive and not interfere <laughs> with life on another planet because you know that immediately if it was sentient life that he would be treated like a god or you know mm-hmm. probably seen as either this great thing or this something to be feared so hopefully he wouldn't um make his presence known no. to other life out there other no, pre-existing I'm, life totally picturing the opposite i'm totally picturing like him in vietnam just kind of like you know 30 feet tall <laughs> yeah, storming yeah. through and just like <laughs> right just laying waste <laughs> but the universe won't notice so no harm no foul exactly um you guys got anything else on yeah. this one i'm good no, not specifically. It was more of this sequence, more of this yeah. uh, segment. So there's more to talk about. Right, right. Provided I'm invited back. I didn't want to. Assume. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, well, yeah, I, I think this went well enough. I think we can. Uh... All right. I hope I pass the audition. <laughs> Wrong show. Speaking of which, you could you can tell us about your other shows, Pete. Sure. Uh, yeah, I um. Uh, well, I, we, my main thing is Star Wars Minute. Uh, so we go through every minute of Star Wars, just like you guys are going through every minute of Watchmen. That's at StarWarsMinute.com, and also dabbled in some uh, uh, music-related podcasts, uh, Alphabetical, which we, we went alphabetically through all the Beatles tracks, and uh, ABC Devo, uh, which we have just almost about finished going through all of the... Uh, tracks of the band Devo. I, isn't there some Devo Watchmen connection? I feel like there is something. Maybe um, not. There, there was. It was uh, 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 one of the characters said to another oh, yeah. about... Oh, yeah. In the book. Right. This, his yeah. suit looks Devo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah. Didn't make connected. it into the movie. Was but, yeah. but it was definitely brought up on the show, yeah. just by who. I can't tell you right now, but hopefully, hopefully we'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In our group <laughs> and uh yeah and then i also i don't know just dabble here and there I'm, i do a uh, i'm helping produce a uh, tech podcast for my uh my day job called uh here's an idea <laughs> and we, we go through it's like a magazine style kind of going through three or three different stories of technologies that are all kind of related to a theme almost like a like a radio lab kind of thing oh very but, cool uh, i know um, i know i've heard you mention that one on other spots but yeah, it's it's uh, monthly, which is a oh, very okay. relaxed schedule. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. It's luxurious. I, I can't even. Got all my, this time. My, yeah, the team that I'm working with don't even understand how I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, look at that. We don't have to come out with something until December. And they're all scrambling, and you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> acting like we do on a normal basis, and <laughs> you're laying back. 
Uh, but yeah, other than that, follow me on Twitter at Pete the Retailer. Go to PeteTheRetailer.com. I think there's some stuff. Uh, most of that stuff should be linked from there. Very cool. And we'll uh, we'll link that in the show notes as well, make it a little easier. If it's possible that any of our listeners uh, aren't aware of who you are, so it's oh, sure, yeah, people all over the place. People don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, meet back up tomorrow, Thursday, for minute one forty nine. Okay, and until then, who watches the Watchmen? We, we do. do one minute at a time. Watchmen are over. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief.